Hello and welcome to the FBL Frauds podcast. I've got wildcard issues, but I'm trying to fix that for you with David Bold here. <laughs> uh, hello, it's Sam, and uh, welcome to another episode. Uh, we're joined by Luke as well today. Yeah, you're right, Sam. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, let's have a look at last week. Um, a good week for me. I uh, managed to get 66 points, I think, in the end. Um, how was last week for you, Luke? Uh, yeah, I guess you had the... The Lingard, which is big for you, but um, I didn't. I got a Captain Kane, so I got 55. So I thought my small rank increase, but not the best. Yeah, um, Kane captain was big for you as well, wasn't it, David? Yeah, he's uh, pretty much saved my week. I had a, I had a tragic week other than Kane. I had just, uh, I think it was four returns across the side. Kane, obviously, the big one with the captain with 26, and then I had Watkins. Uh, with a goal and a bonus point, and Fernandez getting an assist, and Rafinha as well getting an assist with a bonus point. No clean sheets defensively. I think well, all three of us ended up bringing in Mendy and goal, and uh, that one didn't go as planned <laughs> at all. I think that's quite possibly the worst chance that we could have made this week. Um, uh, so yeah, defensively it was it was a shocking week for me. Just just the Kane captaincy really just saved, just saved everything. Yeah, I thought Mendy transfer wasn't very good. Um, it didn't turn out very well. Uh, yeah, I, I lost basically minus four for that because I had a guy eater on the bench with four points. Um, I think you had something similar, didn't you, Luke? Yeah, well, I mean, I transferred uh, transferred out Edison uh, for this week. Obviously, he got I think it was I think it was five against Leicester because he got booked. Uh, but yeah, not ideal. But it was mainly was just the obvious transfer. West Brom at home, Chelsea's recent defensive form sounds like a guaranteed guarantee clean sheet. But obviously, yeah, FPL is unpredictable. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's why it's uh, it's why it's fun, um, but probably not fun when you goal in five. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, we I had a a small rank increase. I went into the top three hundred k for the first time, which is nice ahead of the wild card this week. Um, we're all wild card this week, so we thought I'd uh, mainly focus on it um, to try and give you if you're uh, wild card uh, good uh, any good advice. Okay, we'll start with the goalkeeper position. Um, probably not the easiest position to pick, but there are some standard options. Don't you think, David? Yeah, there is a there's a few decent shots for keeps. I think I think most people will be uh, if the wild card is, everybody's got to have Forster and really at four million is just a backup keeper. I think that's going to be a I think that's a very popular choice uh, in goal. And then also as well, well for me personally, I think my my strongest one would be uh, would be Mendy. Chelsea. I know they did just concede five, but if you look prior to that game against West Brom, they did have ten men as well. They had a they had a very solid backline. It was even stronger than City's backline. It looked so um, for me. I'd say Mendy's a strong, a very strong choice. A lot of people might stick with Martinez as well, of course, with um, with them having value in him. And uh, we've seen how many points he's got over the course of the season. He uh, gets a lot of saving points. So even with Villa's tougher fixtures, he can still pick up a lot of points there as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people will stick with Martinez. He's been a season and I think a lot of people will stick with him. Um somebody that you recently transferred out Luke was Edison. Um you're not you don't fancy going back to him uh, on this wildcard do you? Uh well yeah I mean I had him for quite a few weeks. Um but I, I think he's uh, just because he was guaranteed starts in that state defence but he's a, just a little bit expensive. I think he's six point one still which is pretty expensive almost a million more than the likes of Mendy Martinez uh and those sort of other keepers. So now City defense isn't quite solid for me. I, I'm not. Sure. I think the million that one million would be better spent elsewhere in the team. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, he is still a, a solid option if you want sort of, uh, yeah, a nice solid keeper in net. You don't have to worry about uh, switching out. So, yeah. Yeah, somebody that we were talking about as well was Rui Patricio. I mean, I feel like maybe Sice or Cody could be a better option. We'll talk about them later. But Rui Patricio, he's back from his injury now. Um, do you think he could be a, a good one to look at, David? Yeah, he's, he's a he's a different one, definitely. I think most people, as you say, will probably be leaning towards uh, Sice and Cody, but he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a different shout. And I think with Wolves fixtures, we know as as we've seen, they're, they're very decent and defensively, uh, they've they've looked okay to be fair. Like, I know they had that game against West Ham, which wasn't well. They got well, they conceded three goals and it didn't go as as planned for them. But um, defensively, they are looking a little bit better, and the fixtures coming up defensively look very good with the likes of Fulham. Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, and Brighton. That's a, such a good run of games uh, for West, uh, for Wolves. So it's it's one uh, that you could go for, but I just think for the price as well, it's a little bit more expensive. Uh, Five point three million for Patricio. Uh, it's quite it's quite a hefty price. So I think I think maybe just saving a bit more and going for Cody and Sites maybe maybe the best way for that. Yeah, I think so, and I think definitely Forster is one that every wildcard should have in. At four million to have a starting keeper, although Southampton might not be uh, the best in defence as of late, to have a starting keeper at four mil is is very important and can save you a lot of money across for the rest of the team. Okay, we'll look at the defenders now. And um, talking off the back of uh, good defensive records, ignoring Chelsea's last game, City and Chelsea have had the best defences of the last 10, 15 games, you'd say. And uh, Luke, do you think we should be looking at getting at least one City and Chelsea defender into our teams? Yes, I think um, it looked almost a dead cert uh, before the weekend's games. Obviously, that conceded five to one of the worst teams in the league and West Brom was a bit concerning. But I just think because of because they were down to ten men, I think I wouldn't read too much into it just because you can't judge them off like, one game and they have had a very solid defensive record since uh, Tuchel's come in. So I think Chelsea look very good with either. Obviously, you could cover the fence with with Mendy in net, or go in the likes of Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta. All look decent. Um, so yeah, I'm very keen on Chelsea defender. I'm personally a little less keen on City, but uh, yeah, yeah. If you have a, a good stuff to say about City defenders, then I'd like to hear it. Yeah, I mean, for me, Diaz is. He's been in my team for quite a long time and I got him at five and a half, I think, and he's now up at 6.1. So, obviously, for, for me, um, not having to bring him in, he's saved point three on that. So, that does um, sort of warrant me to keep him more than if people didn't have him. Um, I think he is somebody that will continue to start for most of the games, whereas players like Stones, Cancelo, Walker, Laporte, they'll come in and out of the team and probably not worth the value um, and and the worries of, of not knowing whether they're going to play. Um, but I would say that Diaz is is a is a nail on start probably. But at 6.1, if you're bringing him in, he's probably not worth it. Um, somebody, uh, no, a team that has been looking a tad better in the league. They struggled in the Champions League last night. But uh, Liverpool assets and the premium assets especially, uh, Trent and Robbo, uh in the uh, fullback positions, David, do you think that they could be pe- uh, two people that you could look to look to bring in and uh, gain some points on people with? Yeah, I think I think I think especially Trent Alexander Arnold. He's a 
he's a differential at this point. Obviously, he was so highly owned at the start of the season and pretty much in most people's teams and disappointed massively. A lot of people kept baiting him for many weeks and he failed to deliver and then eventually everyone got rid of him. But in recent weeks, you've had Liverpool have uh, well, uh, just taken the, the Real Madrid game out, out of the equation. I know Trent didn't have a great game there. Um, but taking out, taking that out the last few weeks in the Champions League before that against Leipzig and then against uh, in the Premier League against Wolves and Arsenal, Liverpool have looked a lot, a lot, a lot more solid defensively, and they've looked more like their old selves. Which, I mean, looking at it, like, uh, looking at it and being very positive about it, and just uh, going forward, you'd hope that they can keep that, keep that trend up, and uh, then look to look for them to at least get in the top four. And uh, Trent also as well picking up an assist against Arsenal and uh, getting three three bonus points and a clean sheet against Wolves. He has looked a bit. He has looked a, a lot better in the league, and he's as I say, he's a differential. Same with Robertson as well. I like them both. Uh, and the fixtures, as we say, they're going forward right up until the end of the season. It's probably the best running out of out of all the teams. So I think for me personally, I'm going to probably take the risk and go for Trent, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, but. You could maybe save a little bit as well as we'll probably be discussing with Nat Phillips, who's only four million, and I mean a Liverpool to play uh, playing Liverpool defender for four million just looks like a bit of a no-brainer, really. But it's hard as we'll discuss, as we'll come to discuss with the midfielders as well, just to fit all the Liverpool players in if you wanted to if you wanted to have the triple up. Yeah, I think I think most people will at least go for one Liverpool defender, and two varying reasons probably. If you're going for Trent or Robertson, you're expecting an assist or a, or a goal involvement as well as maybe the clean sheet. Whereas if you're going for Phillips, you've got a four million player that's that's not really taking a risk. The only real downside is if if you already have two Liverpool attackers, if you then wanted to bring in Trent or Robertson and you have Phillips, you then can't. You'd have to take Phillips out. That's the only real negative of that because because he's so cheap, it's just like having a, a sort of a burner spot so that you can have money elsewhere. And if he's starting for Liverpool, a four million defender could be somebody that could be very useful for us, couldn't it, Luke? Yeah, I, I really like the look of Nat Phillips. He's um he's played pretty consistently and there's no sort of uh sort of signs of any of the other Liverpool defenders uh, being close to returning from injury, so I think there'd be no reason why he shouldn't continue that uh, running the team. And I think yeah, I get what you mean about the the triple up if you did want to get Trent in down the line. But I think because he's a defender as well, then it's only one tran it's only one transfer to to improve. I think the issues is when with triple up Midfielders once again defender, then it becomes you have to do multiple transfers to to move them out. So I think, yeah, I think Phillips for me just because I purely don't have the money for Trent, but I think both Phillips and Trent look very very good options with the fixtures. Yeah, I think Liverpool are probably due a, a turnaround of form in the league, and I think it's starting to come towards the end of the season. Coupled with the easier fixtures, I think it could be a good time to bring in Liverpool defenders. Okay, we touched on Rui Patricio, but. Wolves defenders such as Sice and Cody at 4.8 and 4.9 million could be a better way into this defence at a slightly cheaper uh, cheaper cost, couldn't it, David? Yeah, I think I think on wildcard, most most people should most should most people should be looking to get in a Wolves defender. Probably not too. I know I know the pictures are great, but it, it is Wolves who've been disappointing this season compared to the last few seasons. Yeah, but as I say, the fixtures the next the next the next five games are unbelievable fixtures. They're as good as you're going to get with Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, and then Brighton. Probably the like one of the best runs that you can possibly get in the league there. So I think I think it's a bit of a no brainer to go for a Wolves defender. I think everybody will be on wild card. It's just kind of a, a toss up between between Cody 
and sites. But uh, for me personally, I'd probably just go for uh, for Cody. You're saving the uh, you're saving the point one million, and uh, also as well, uh, Cody's just like I'd pretty sure play like every single minute of every of every game for for Wolves for like the last couple of seasons. It might be two or three seasons now, so he's just the most nailed on. Sites is also very nailed on, but Cody seems to be the one that's uh, as I say, he's a little bit cheaper. And uh, he's a captain, and he's played every minute for however many seasons now. So I think he's probably the best option for me. Yeah, I mean he's nearly played every minute, but I do remember I had him against West Brom, and he got subbed, um, which I was actually quite happy about at the time because they'd already conceded three. Uh, they only conceded three in the end, but yeah, other than that, he's 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 pretty much played everything. Um, I think he might have had COVID actually earlier in the year as well, but normally he plays every minute. Um, and yeah, somebody that's actually looked quite attacking recently and. Uh, in he's in, in the box. He's got quite a few shots on target, um, and and nearly scored a couple. I mean, he scored one, and he nearly scored again um, a week or two afterwards. Uh, okay, talking about attacking defenders, we've got Manchester United's fullbacks Luke Shaw and Aaron Wan-Bissaka have both looked very dangerous this year, and both quite high up on the the amount of chances created, uh, especially for fullbacks. Um, Luke Shaw, the keeper of the two, and and probably the one that most people will be looking at, Luke. Yeah, well, I think um, we have to talk about both of them to start with. I think we were talking beforehand and you mentioned about um, about the fact that fixtures, difficult fixtures for United aren't bad for the defence. And because of the way that uh, United set up in those big games so defensively, they often get nil-nils, which can easily get a clean sheet plus potentially some bonus points for their defenders. So um, I really like the look of both Shaw and Wambasaka. If I was going to pick one, I'd probably go towards Luke Shaw. I think he's... Uh, 5.3 compared to Juan Saka uh, 5.7 so uh, and I just think Luke Shaw offers that a little bit more going forwards uh, I think sometimes when I watch Juan Saka he looks almost a bit uncomfortable when he gets to those attacking areas so yeah I'd I'd pick Shaw out of the two but uh, or even if you want to go for, for both yeah probably a bit probably a bit too far that actually but yeah I'd go for Shaw out of the two yeah I think Luke Shaw's he's got that bit more quality on the ball than, and uh, a bit more of a a bit more quality in the final pass. Um, OK, uh, going from that, we'll talk about Arsenal's defence. And Arsenal's a team that has really good fixtures up until the end of the season, but haven't really been showing it, uh, showing the sort of defensive quality um, that you sort of need to, to bring one in. But at the price that they are, maybe we don't need to see that. And maybe it's just worth taking a, taking a punt on an Arsenal defender. And, and uh, who would you look at bringing in if you were going to go for that Arsenal defender, David? Well, I, I mean, for starters, I would look at bringing in Tierney, but then he's got injured. I think he's out. I think he's out injured for like five weeks. I think I heard today. So uh, he he would be quite clearly to me the standout Arsenal defender. But obviously, with him being injured, uh, he he can't be he can't be the the option. Uh, other than that, I think just for value, it will be Rob Holding. Maybe as we, as we've seen as well, David Luiz is also injured. So defensively, it'll in in the centre back area. Arsenal have now got. Rob Holding, Gabriel, and uh, Pablo Mari. So um, you'd expect Holding to. Start. I know he didn't have a. He didn't put in a great performance against against Liverpool, but he has played a lot this season. And there was a, at a point around halfway through the season where he had a good run in the side, where he was keeping quite a few clean sheets and getting a getting a few bonus points as well. So um, at that point, he looked good, and he looks like he'll probably come back into the side now with the injury to David Luiz. So I think just for value wise, only being at four point two million, as you say, like it's as as cheap as you can get, really. As, 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 as a defender for a, for a team that's aren't not too bad in Arsenal which defensively we know recently they haven't been keeping the clean sheets that they should have been but they still haven't looked terribly defensively bar that bar that Liverpool game so 
and the, and the West Ham game as well. They have conceded six there in the last two, which yeah. isn't ideal. Would you be worried that the Tierney injury could also affect that that, that defence with him probably being the best defender in that in that team? Maybe, but but I think I think Tierney Tierney's more. He's, he's very good going forward defensively. I don't know if it will impact them too much. Uh, they have got. I think they will play Cedric over at left back with Bellerin at right back. Cedric's a very capable fullback as well. So I think I don't think it should affect them too much. And I think I think just as I say with the value of holding at four point two, if he does start every game, the fixtures coming up for Arsenal. I think it's just a bit of a. Uh, it's a pretty safe pick if he if he is nailed on to start. And at the value you can't complain if he doesn't get the clean sheet because he's only four point two million. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think with that, we've looked through most of the defenders that have sort of good fixtures until the end of the season. Now, other teams to sort of notice and, and mention that have decent, cheaper defenders that also have a bit of attacking potential. Teams such as Leeds, Villa, West Ham. We've got players such as uh, such as Dallas. We've got Sue Fowl. You've got Matt Target. I think, well, Matty Cash. Is Matty Cash back now? I think he's still, in, uh, he's still injured. Last thing I heard, he was injured, but I, no, I haven't I checked. Think, I think he's there. I think he's back. I, I think, think he's, 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 he's been back. Yeah. yeah, but players such as them could be good options. I think if you've got them in the team, they could be more to keep as well because if you've got like a big price rise, I've got Dallas who's who's had a big price rise since I've got him, so he's got a lot of value in him. That may, it may sway me towards keeping him. Um, do you think... Do you think um, Creswell is, is viable, Luke, with West Ham not having the easiest fixtures, but he is still going to be dangerous from his set-piece deliveries. Yeah, well, I've had him in, I brought him in, I think it was 28, so I think I've had him for three weeks now, and he's got, I think he's got two zero one. Um so I'm not too keen <laughs> on him at the moment. I think I think he's, he's, he is rather expensive, I think he's 5, 5.8. I think with a West Ham fixtures not being amazing, I'd maybe um, go towards two foul, just because of the prize that uh, 4.6 and also um, now Masuaku's back they potentially could go into a back five with sort of Sufal being that right wing back a bit more attacking and then Creswell dropping into a left centre back a bit for the bit deeper so yeah I'd probably yeah, go towards Sufal if I was out of that West Ham defence Yeah and you mentioned Masuaku there he is very cheap isn't he Masuaku Yeah true I hadn't thought about him I just, just guess just you don't know if he's definitely because he's only back for one game. I guess you don't know if he's definitely going to keep starting. But yeah, he's worth a punt. Yeah, Masuaku at three point uh, four point not three four point three million is very cheap and and point two cheaper than Dawson. He's point three cheaper than Sue Fallon. One point six million cheaper than Creswell. He's known as quite an attacking player, and I think he he sort of was playing left wing back slash left mid in the last West Ham game. So if he starts, then he could be a good one. Um, if you've only got four point three million and you want a West Ham defender to go for, um, okay, we'll move on to the midfield section and uh, a couple of players that could be essential really here in the midfield are Bruno Fernandez due to his high ownership and his inevitability of returns, and Diego Jota due to his cheap price and his uh, and his just is re- good recent form since he's come back. He was on form before he got injured and he's come back, um, seems like, even stronger, David. Yeah, he's a player which I think he's got to be in your wildcard team, just as you, as you say, for the value and the and the form of the player. Like, the, Liverpool really missed him when he was out injured in that in that run. They, they struggled massively. 
So since he's come back into the side, it's that's that's when Liverpool's form's picked up really since he's returned from his injury. And he's as as, as I say, he seems like to be a very important player for that Liverpool attack. And uh, he also as well he take, takes pressure off uh, off players like Salah and Mane as well, which I think Salah over this over this period that Jota's been out has had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. With Manny not really performing, it's been all, all the pressure's really been on Salah to get the goals, and uh, so I think that's that's only good for Liverpool going forward. And as we say as well, with the fixtures coming up, I think Jota's has just just got to be in everyone's side in in the wild card, really. Yeah, and you you mentioned them good Liverpool fixtures. Um, do you think double Liverpool attack is one that a lot of people will go for? And do you think it's a good option, Luke? Yeah, well, I'm thinking of uh, both Salah and Jota. I think. The fixtures, um, the fixtures for Liverpool are just almost too hot, too good to ignore. While a lot of the other sort of bigger teams, the Spurs, United, don't have the best fixtures. Um, so I think Salah could all be the best captain option in numerous weeks uh, up to the end of the season. And I think uh, yes, he's been he has been inconsistent this season, but he's he's looked a little bit better of late. Obviously, scored against uh, scored against Real Madrid uh, last night, and yeah, I just. Uh, He's someone I've had for the majority of the season, and I think it's it's a risk t- to not go with him because he's a re- I don't know the exact numbers, but I say at least thirty percent owned, uh, and he's a popular player and is is guaranteed to score at least some goals. I mean penalties, season, I guess. So. I, I don't think they've had one too recently, but they, he's on penalties, so that's another bonus for him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely not, definitely not the worst double you could do in attack with a, a keeper Jota and. A very consistent Salah. Uh, okay, we'll move on to Jesse Lingard, and the, the question has to be: Can we ignore Jesse Lingard anymore? I've had him for a couple of weeks, and I've I've uh, had the benefits of him a few a few goals, a few assists as well. And uh, do you think it's time uh, to finally bring him in, David? Yeah, he's one that I know me and Luke have ignored for the last uh, however many weeks since he well, since he's come in, really. He's, his points per game is unbelievable. I think it's like over eight now, or maybe even nine at this point. It's unbelievable returns, and you, you just can't you can't go against it anymore. There's no there's no there's no just saying it's it's a fluke or anything because this has happened for for a long time now. Probably now I've said this, he'll end up he'll end up he'll start blanking now that I've brought him in. <laughs> I mean, I, re- I really hope not. And he's already up to like twenty percent ownership since he's since he's come in. He's, I think everyone's going to be getting him on wildcard just with the the hype around the player and the the form that he's been in. I think I think he's you've just got to get him in with with the fixtures. The fixtures aren't great coming up. They're not they're not terrible. They're not they're not bad. Um, but I just think I just think that, as you say the form of the player you just can't ignore that. Do the Rice and Antonio injuries worry you? Um, not not too much. I mean, he's got he's just got a golden assist against Wolves and they didn't have they didn't have Rice Antonio. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on the news with that, but I think I think Antonio could be a big miss. But I think I think if if West Ham do concede more goals without Rice, then um, then they will have to score more goals going forward because they're they're still pushing very hard for the Champions League place. I think they're in fourth at the moment, so they've got something to play for, which is another another reason just to just to have Lingard in because they're gonna want to they're gonna want to actually go and win games, unlike maybe some of the mid table teams which. Uh, may just sit, may just sit on, sit on draws and just not go for it as much as West Ham would. So I just, I just think, as I say, with the form, you've just, you've just can't really ignore that, and you, you need to have him in your team because otherwise, as I, as I saw last week, I had a, I had a rank decrease mainly due to the fact that Lingard ended up coming in with twelve points because I, th- I think if he didn't get them twelve points, then I would have had a green arrow instead of a red one. So 
I, for me, I don't want to go any longer without him because I'll probably end up losing a load more ranks if he keeps scoring. Yeah, I think he's definitely one to cover and one that who's not too high, high owned that, that he could definitely bring a, a rank increase as he has done for me over the past couple of weeks. Uh, another nice cheap player that's been on good form is Rafinha Luke and one that we've both owned for quite a while now. Is he one that you can work your way into your, into your team this week um, for the wild card or, or do you think he's one that misses out with the with the inclusion of players such as Jesse Lingard? Yeah, so Rafinha is uh, someone I, I actually transferred in when he had about 0.5% ownership which is probably one of my probably best moves of, uh, of the season really. Um, but and he is very cheap at sort of five point five enables a bit more money elsewhere. For me, he doesn't quite make uh make the cut for the wild card. We get going for that Jota and Lingard as those sort of cheaper midfield options. Um but I think he's uh he's been a brilliant form of late, uh so good on set pieces and at least attack. They have got three three very tough fixtures followed by five quite good ones. So if you want to sort of ride through those first couple of weeks of the wild card and then get some really good fixes afterwards or potentially which what I might do is uh, leave Rafinha out and then look to transfer him in when the fixes get better yeah yeah I think that could be a good plan and I think it's one that maybe a few people will follow I'll also mention Jack Harrison because I feel like he doesn't get mentioned too much he's, he's very cheap um, even cheaper than Rafinha and has had a, quite a few returns this year and um, I'll just mention him just just to respect to the lad He's, he's had a good season and uh, I think he deserves a mention. Okay. Uh, he's listening to this, lad. So, uh, <laughs> he still played for City. Play I think he's still on loan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. He's still a City player. I love that transition from you there, David, because we are talking about Man City assets next. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, they come with the high risk, high reward uh, with the rotation risk that they, they hold. And with that rotation risk, do you think it's worth going with any here, David? Or do you think it's worth just getting rid? There's plenty of other good options in midfield. Yeah, there is. I think I think the, there's like there's kind of like a template for the midfield which a lot of people will be will be going for kind of the same five players. We'll move on to the other one I'm guessing later on. But um I, I just as I say on wildcard people are gonna be going for the, the five, but I think there's other players like as you say, there's De Bruyne, who is still a, a pretty big differential, he's only nineteen percent owned. Uh, it's just the main problem with City. My problem is with with them is that they blank in thirty three, which I'm not a big fan of. So you'd have to end up benching them or getting rid of them. And um, also the just just the rotation risk with of the players is just it's just too too frustrating to to own, especially like with the Champions League now. It's it's important for City. It's, that's going to be their main focus. The league's pretty much wrapped up as we know. Uh, the Champions League's going to be the focus. They've got the the Carabao Cup as well. They've got the final of that coming up. So. There's a lot of potential for rotation, as well as um, as well as the blank in 33. So that's the main reason why it would put me off. And there's also very good options as well in the field as well. But Gundogan still is a, is a really good option, as well as De Bruyne and even Mares as well. It's just the rotation, and you don't know what's going to happen with that, and it's too much of a nightmare at the moment. Yeah, talking about Mares, I saw a great shout out to James Adam Shaw on TikTok. He made a great TikTok about uh, how he he brought in Mares last year and then. He he got dropped a couple of times, dropped a couple of bad scores, and it was really just a warning other FPL players probably to not go towards him because every time he looks good is when he comes back with his bad form, and uh, I think yeah, that's a probably a good message for anyone looking at Mares um, in particular, uh, and maybe it could even apply to all the other City players. Um, 
Okay, a player who's been on mixed form recently had had some bad uh, some some bad luck with a couple of injuries and uh, and a team that have have struggled in a few games is uh, is Tottenham and Hyung Min Son. Um, I think a lot of people will bring him back in, um, especially looking at that double that he's got coming up. Um, will you be looking at bringing him in, Luke? Yeah, so um, I think Son is the final uh, part of that uh, that template midfield that David uh, David said about earlier. I think you sort of, I think the three of us kind of seem to be wanting to go with the same five players, and also a lot of FPL Twitter uh, have all got them in their team. So that is um, midfield of. Son, Fernandez, Salah, Jota, and Lingard, and I think Son. Um, I don't think he's in the best of form, but I think the thirty-two double looks very enticing, and you could potentially transfer him out after thirty-two if you're worried about the blank. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think he's 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 not in the best form, but you know, form is temporary, classic permanent. Like he's <laughs> get back to it quite quickly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good option. Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think he'll come back good, and with Kane on on really good form as well, I think they'll they'll get back to how they were at the start of the season. Well, at least I'm hoping so. Um, we were talking about Wolves' good fixtures earlier, David, and a player that does really seem to be at the forefront of the Wolves is Pedro Neto. But sometimes you think you're watching; he plays better than the points he gets on FPL. Um, do you think that he could be worth a punt if if somebody's maybe looking to to go away from that template midfield? Yeah, I think um, he's definitely a good differential. We he, he got picked a lot at the start of the season when he had a good run of form, and I think he kind of disappointed a lot of people who brought him in. Uh, I think I think if you're going to look at any Wolves attacker, he's quite clearly the standout one. He's the only real one that you'd you'd look to bring in. Uh, he's good values of five point seven million, but I just think the other options are a little bit stronger than him. But as I say, as a differential, I think he's probably the stand the standout one who's who's a different who's a different option to the rest in my opinion. So uh, as I say, Wolves fixtures are really, really nice coming up. But um I, I just think I just think the other midfielders are, are a little bit stronger than him. So I'd pick them over him. But as I say, it's for someone who if you want to try and gain a few ranks, then uh, Pedro Neff is definitely a good shout. His points uh uh, they haven't been too great. He kind of just kind of he just picks up a few assists here and there, and doesn't really get many bonus points either. Um, but he gets he has a couple of returns. I mean, as we say, he is he is the standout player for Wolves, and he's definitely their 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 most threatening player going forward. So he's a he's a good differential with the fixtures. Could be one that could pick up a lot of points. To be fair, yeah, I think so. Um, a couple of other things to throw out. He's been in good form. He's scored tonight. Uh, Greenwood, who got a goal in the last game for them uh, for United against Brighton, and Jack Grealish returning from injury to hopefully uh, for Villa inspire their attack a bit more. They managed three in the last game, but they came in in the form of a late surge against Fulham. Okay, we'll move on to the forwards and a play that we've mentioned uh, whilst mentioning about Son is Harry Kane, and probably a potential really. At it, a player that I think everybody will, and uh, probably a player that will be captained a few times um, from now until the end of the season. Luke, yeah, well, I think, I think we've I think we've all captained him both, uh, game we said 30 and 29, um, and obviously has done pretty well for us. Um, I think he's top of both goals and assists for the season, 
Um, and yeah, I think he looks essential. He's a solid captain choice on penalties. You know, all you need to know. Um, got the double in 32. Yeah, I think Kane looks uh, looks essential to me. Yeah, yeah, I think Kane's one of them that you can't really go without because when he's on goals, he's picking up three bonus, then the sort of player that can really throw your rank in the bin uh, if you've not got him. Elsewhere, it's quite a tough a tough choice, really. There's there's players such as Bamford, Calvert-Lewin, Watkins, Antonio, Iheanacho. Do you think anybody really stands out here, David? Or do you think it just, could just be uh, whoever you fancy, just go for? Yeah, as, as you say, there's not a we're not we're not spoiled for choice in the uh, in the forwards area. Um, for me, as kind of a differential, I guess would be uh, for me, I'd go for Ian Uh I know I know he got subbed off in the in the last game against City, and Jose Perez was the one that ended up staying on. So uh, it's something that it is a bit of a it is a bit alarming if that's something that it's a risk just for that reason. I think if he played the full ninety, then it wouldn't really be a risk. You wouldn't have any doubts about bringing Ian Acho. We've seen the form that he's been on. In recent weeks, obviously scoring three against Sheffield United, scoring against Brighton, Burnley as well. He scored against that. Like, he's been in some amazing form recently. So, um, it's, 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 as I say, it's, it's a risk. We don't even know if he'll start the next game. But Leicester's fixtures are very, very nice. Um, they've got West Ham next, which isn't ideal. But then after that, you look at it, they've got West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, and Newcastle, which are really nice run of games there. So you just have to hope that Ian actually would keep his place. Um, I'm already too sure on the Barnes. I think he's still out injured for now, anyway. So I, I think if, as long as Barnes is out injured, I think Leicester will stay with kind of the two up top. And uh, for me, I think Ian actually probably should have that starting space up front. And uh, we just got to hope he keeps that form that he's put in over the last few weeks. And then he's looking like a really a really good value option to be fair. Five point eight. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think it could be it could be worth just taking a risk on him. I think he's got good games uh, for the next sort of three or four. So it could be worth just taking a risk on him for them. Obviously if he doesn't play, then and that option out of them to you. Uh you currently own Watkins before the wildcard Luke. Any chance of you holding on to him? Yeah, well so I, I currently own both uh Watkins and Bamford. So obviously a bit of the issue is if I sell them I've obviously got money in them. Uh then it's then a bit harder to get them back in. Um, but the thing is, both of them have pretty bad fixtures. They both have Liverpool and City in the next two weeks, and uh, which you wouldn't expect many goals from. Um, so, I mean, Bamford and Watkins have been they've been consistent all season, so they will get some points. But whether they'll outscore it, I can inform me and Acho. I think that I think Bamford and Watkins uh, are safe, but someone like Ian Acho would be a punt. And I guess, yeah, I think that's kind of what your strategy is with the wild card. Depends on who you go for. Yeah. Um, well, if he actually is a punt, then he might not be playing a couple of weeks. And a player that's really cheap and, and is playing every week is Vidra uh, for Burnley. And at 4.8 million, do you think this could be a... a... To David. Yeah, I think um, I think I think just with the value because a lot of people have the five midfielders, which is um, quite expensive. The five playing midfielders, and even if say say for me and my personal team and my wildcard team, I'd have I'd probably I'm probably going to go for Trent, which is a lot of money in my defence there. So I think as a as a third striker, Vidra is not a bad option because he has been playing. Um, well, he has been starting all the games for Burnley over the last like I think it's like eight weeks now or seven weeks or so. 
So he's he's had a good run in the side. He's got a couple of goals in there as well with an assist in there as well. Uh, he does often get subbed off, but as we say, he's 4.8 million. You don't expect the world and you probably wouldn't play him in the majority of the weeks. So he'd just be someone that could maybe come off the bench if you have uh, injuries or maybe on the 33, on the 33 uh, where, where Man City and, and Spurs both blank. So uh, maybe maybe Vidra could come in in that game. So uh, he's one that's he's one that's not a bad option in my opinion, and uh, just the third striker, as I say, just a cheap bench player who plays. I think he's quite a good option. There's that uh, for that for that price, you're not going to get anyone anyone better. Yeah, than I think so. And uh, I think he could be could be one to look to bring in. Okay, moving on to captain choices. Obviously, this depends on who we bring in this week uh, in our wild cards. But Man City's game against Leeds does look the best fixture. Um, but obviously, you don't know who's going to play, and I'd say Kevin De Bruyne is probably a standout captain for this week if he plays. Uh, would you agree with that, Luke? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think Leeds uh, Leeds defense is shaky at times, as we all know from owning Leeds defenders, and uh, with a lot of the obviously with Spurs playing United, and I think it's a standout fixture. It's just whether and De Bruyne is a standout City player. It's just whether obviously he played. Uh, this mid this midweek against Dortmund, and obviously presumably will play next midweek in the second leg. And I don't know, I'd obviously I'm, I'm a City fan, obviously, um, and I'd say it's quite likely that Pep will rest him because the the Champions League is the main focus. Um, but uh, the only thing I would say is that if he did get rested, I would assume it would be a complete rest, in which case he'd get vice captain, uh, so you wouldn't have to worry about it, sort of a one pointer. Uh, so. I think that is a big plus side. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, elsewhere, players that looking at players that we probably own, um, Mohamed Salah has Villa at home, a Villa team that I've made a couple of mistakes recently um, in defence. Uh, do you think this could be a, a game where Salah uh, could score big, David? Yeah, as we, as we as we were discussing before with Liverpool, they have uh, in the Premier League in the last couple of games, they have looked a lot stronger with. Jot coming back in as well, and uh, Villa as well as we say they haven't they haven't been as solid defensively. The clean sheets have dried up a bit, and uh, they just haven't looked in general as good as they, what they were uh, towards the beginning of the season. So I think as uh, as we were discussing with with De Bruyne and the City assets, they're good captain options, but we don't know who's going to play out of them lot. So Salah's always just the the safe option if in doubt to stick it on Salah. And I think, as we've discussed with United and Spurs not having well playing each other, which isn't ideal, not great captain options for either Kane or Fernandez. So I just think Salah's kind of just the the one that everyone or most players who have who have him will just go to, just because um, he's a safe option. We've seen how good he's been over the seasons, and uh, if you don't own any City players, and we don't even know who's going to start, then I just think Salah's just the safe yeah, one to go. Yeah, um, you mentioned Spurs and United playing each other, and. This is it's quite a tough game to call, never mind calling um, who you're going to put as a captain because Spurs haven't been great defensively recently and so you might lean towards United and Fernandez. But then you have got to remember that earlier in the season, Spurs did go to Old Trafford and win 6-1 um, and Kane and Son both amassed um, huge points in that game. Do you think, do you, think you might uh, captain a player in this game, Luke, or, or do you think you'll stay clear? Uh, I think I'll personally probably stay clear, but I think uh, I think a lot of people will will go for Kane or Fernandez just because they are consistent. I think like six obviously it was six one I think to Spurs early in the season. I think United have United have come on a long way since then. Um, 
and Spurs potentially gone backwards slightly. Um, but yeah, so I think that United defence is so much more solid than it, it used to be, and I, I can't see them conceding too many. Um, I personally think it might be quite a cagey one, uh, and I mean either Kane or Fernandez, I guess nick a penalty, nick a goal, but I can't see sort of. Double digits, for my yeah. I think personally, I think that that could be right because it does seem since that Spurs game earlier in the season that United have uh, really tried to look more solid in defence in these bigger games, and and yeah, it it probably will be a cagey game. Um, looking elsewhere, there's not too many options. You look at um, Leicester and West Ham players who who could potentially be captain, and they're playing each other as well. Um, any, do either of you have any any sort of random shouts that you think could be uh, could be worth looking at this week? Um, I think, I mean, if just looking at the fixtures, it's the just the, a bit of a different one. Would probably be like um, an Abamyang maybe yeah. against Sheffield United. Obviously, Sheffield United we've seen this season have been uh, absolutely horrendous. I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, they lost five years to Leicester the other week. So maybe maybe an Arsenal maybe an Arsenal player maybe an Abamyang or a Lacazette or someone as a bit different, but I don't even think most people have them in the team to be honest. So I've, other than that, I'm really I'm really not sure. Maybe a Calvert Lewin against Brighton, but Brighton they are, they are the XG kings and they're they're great on on paper defensively without the actual without seeing how many goals they've conceded, which to me isn't that bad. But um, I just, I just I just think there's not not too many standouts as you say for captaincy with. The other play, the other teams you look at will probably be Leicester and West Ham, as you're saying. They're both playing against each other, which isn't ideal. And uh, Chelsea going forward don't look don't look that good because it's a nice fixture for them. But there's no real Chelsea attacker. Mason Mount, who's who's been good, but other than that, they haven't really scored too many goals under Tuchel. So there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of caps and options to be fair. Yeah, I'll just maybe add. Uh, just you really want to go for a punt? Uh, Mateus Pereira, one of the most. Uh... Informed by the fair, usually when Mateus Pereira is informed, it means there's uh, about three or four blanks coming, isn't it? <laughs> Even more, probably about nine or ten blanks. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking. He got, he's got, yeah, he's got, he got there in three weeks. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's had three double-digit holders. <laughs> I think yeah. he's had a double. He's had two twenty-one pointers or something, hasn't he, this year? So we've been we've been banging yeah, on about him. I only ever pick out as a, a thing. Yeah, the when the week he's not. No, no. You, you I, I picked him out of my differential the week one week. You went 15, 15, 9, yeah. 2, 13. Yeah, he does usually turn up. I've got to say that, yeah. I mean, half of his, half of his points have come in <laughs> three game weeks, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> just about half. But, I mean, he is, he is West Brom's key player, to be fair. And he's uh, a massive differential, only 2%. And, uh, I mean, West Brom are looking to try and, uh, try and survive it doesn't look like they'll they'll be able to do it. It's probably a little bit too late, but uh, he's 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 not a he's not a bad option. He's uh, he's been good to be back for West Brom ever since he, ever since he signed for them, even in the championship. Yeah, I'd say good. my differential. I'd look at. Um, I mean, I know West Brom just won, but I'd look at Danny Ings, um, a player that's he's come back from injury again. I think he got did, did he get a goal and assist last time? I'm not one hundred percent sure on that. But um, yeah, he got, he, got, he, got, he got a goal and assist. Yeah. West Brom, they still conceded two against Chelsea. They they've not been solid this year at home, and have conceded quite a lot of goals. So I think Danny Ings could be a could be a shout as long as he makes it past half an hour. Um, 
that's obviously the risk you run with Danny Ings. He he might just get injured at any point. Uh, personally, I wouldn't go for it. I'd I'd just look at your more your more basic captain options of Salah, De Bruyne if you have him, um, Fernandez or Kane. I think I think there's uh, plenty. I think one of them will probably hold. It's just trying to pick out which one. It's obviously a difficult thing. Uh, okay, so we've had a look at some of the fixtures, um, and we'll uh, we'll go through and have some predictions on these uh, some of these fixtures then. Uh, starting off with Fulham versus Wolves, um, David, what, what do you think might happen here? Um, I think I think it'll be a close a close game. This one, I think Fulham obviously they're they are they're scrapping it at the bottom with it seems to be it seems to be Newcastle the team that they'll be uh, they'll be up against maybe maybe Brighton as well depending on uh, depending on how depending on how they do in the next few weeks. But it seems to be at the moment it seems to be just Fulham versus Newcastle maybe. Uh, I think well, Fulham have after their kind of resurgence, they've struggled in the last few weeks since that City game. They've lost the last two after that. So I think I think it'll be a close game. I'll probably go for like a draw, maybe maybe like a nil nil because Wolves as well also aren't in good form at all as well with two wins. I mean two draws and three losses in the last five, and Fulham just one win and four losses in the last five. So I think they'll cancel each other. I reckon it'll be a low score and maybe a one nil either way. But I'd probably go for a nil nil. Yeah, I'd agree. It's going to be quite tight and. I'd probably go for a one-all in in this one. Uh, what about you, Luke? Yeah, I go nil-nil. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a back of nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, sure. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That means it'll be a full of a guaranteed score. <laughs> yeah, sure. It'll be an Areola thing, <laughs> if you got rid of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, the next good. game, Manchester City versus Leeds. Uh, obviously, me and Luke are City fans, and I... Although I would like us to keep another clean sheet here, Leeds gave us some real problems earlier in the season. I think they could do it again here. Um, I think we'll come through and win due to Leeds' shaky defence, but I'm going to say 3-1 in this one. Uh, what do you think, Luke? Yeah, well, I was actually about to say 3-1, so I'm going to have to... Oh, there you go. Go. It's going to be 3-1. Uh, Put a fiver on it. <laughs> we might have quite a rotated team, so maybe... Yeah, I'll go to like two one or something. I think we might struggle, but just because I think he'll rest uh, De Bruyne and uh, the sort of Foden, those creative players for yeah. the Champions League. So I think we could struggle. Yeah, I expect Rafinha might give. Yeah, I think that'd you, be go, you go. Go on. Okay, I just, I just, I was just gonna say, I just, I, I, I think uh, Leeds, Leeds, uh, Leeds have been decent in the last few weeks. To be fair with with Rafinha going forward, so they could potentially definitely nick a goal. And as you say, City with the rotated side, uh, there could be there could be a chance. And Leeds did play very well early on in the season as well. I think Rodrigo yeah. scored, didn't he, in that game? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Leeds could have very easily gone on to win that game as well. So it it could be an interesting game. But as I say, I do think City will. City yeah, I think will. Will. I, I was just going to mention about Rafinha, um, how he could. I don't know if he's if he's up against Zinchenko with his sort of pace, his trickery. He could he could really give him a, t- a tough time if Zinchenko plays. Is Zinchenko he's not injured, is he? He's just not played in a while. No, no, yeah, because yeah. Mendy's I think played it's just, uh, just a bit, been hasn't he? Well, so he's been... um, I think it, Mendy's played. Yeah, Mendy played. Cancelo played in the Champions was, League. Um, so maybe maybe it's Zinchenko's turn to play. Um, but yeah, whoever plays in in the fullbacks position, I, I do expect. Harrison and Rafinha to give them a tough time, and, and Bamford's um, obviously going to be chasing around, uh, trying to cause problems in that City defence. So, 
won't be as easy as it might seem for City. Um, okay, next up, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Um, Villa didn't look great against Fulham, but did come out with a win. Liverpool, you don't know what you're going to expect from them. Uh, you don't know what, what to expect from them, really. Uh, what do you think might happen in this, Luke? Uh, tough one to call. Obviously, it was a seven-two uh, in the reverse fixture, but um, I think I think Liverpool. Um, I think Liverpool should be all right. Uh, I'd give like a two-nil small about. Okay, and David, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm being being positive, hoping that we've got the Liverpool back that we uh, that we've seen in the last few seasons, not the one that we that we've seen since like kind of the turn of the year. So. Um, with with the uh, with the players that Liverpool have got going forward, Jota and Salah looking to be in form, uh, and Villa as well looking, they're struggling a lot, a, a bit more defensively now. So I think I'm gonna, I think I'd back a Liverpool win. I think I'd go for like maybe a, maybe a two 0 Liverpool yeah, as well, probably. I, I could see a potential maybe a defensive mistake. Watkins is is good at pressurising, and I could see a potentially a Villa goal. I, I'm gonna be a bit different. I'm gonna go for a one 0 draw. Um, I could see Liverpool slipping up here. Um, maybe Villa get a goal early, or, or or just pull one back. I don't know. I I don't. I could see Liverpool winning, but I'm going to go for a draw. It's be a bit different. Um, could happen. You never know. Uh, Palace versus Chelsea next up, and a game here that you'd expect Chelsea to win as as long as they don't go down to ten men again. Um, I'd yeah, I expect Chelsea to win this one. I will go for a two 0 I think they'll be pretty solid. I think they'll get they'll get back to their defensive roots um and uh and show that Mendy is a good keeper to go for. Uh what would you say, Luke? Yeah, I so I think Palace. Um I've got a bit fortunate for some uh late goals, but I can see them struggling here. I was going three 0 Chelsea. Yeah. And David? Mm, i I think I'd go for a one 0 Chelsea. They're currently beating Porto two 0 They've right. just scored again. Chilwell's just scored. So, I mean, they've been. It seems like I've not, I've not watched the game, but it seems like they've been solid defensively this game with uh, with obviously keeping the clean sheet away at Porto. So, uh, I think I think I'll go for a one 0 As I say, Chelsea going forward aren't quite what they are defensively, and I think they'll get back to that uh, that good defensive form in the game against Palace. So, I'd go, I'd go for a yeah. one 0 Chelsea. I think. Uh, next game, Burnley versus Newcastle. I don't think I really want to talk about this much. I'm just going to say nil nil. Yeah, I'll go 1-0. <laughs> go for a 1-0 yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, a more interesting game, to... West Ham versus Leicester. Um, now, I think West Ham might struggle in this one. I think they'll they'll miss Rice, they'll miss Antonio. And I'm going to go for a Leicester 2-1 win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd think it would be an exciting game with those sort of teams. Both obviously needing the win for the top four, so yeah, sort of. It's hard to call, isn't it? Yeah, maybe Leicester will just edge it, sort of. Two yeah. Did you say two? <laughs> I might just copy it, but yeah, oh, I'll go yeah, two sure. one as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'll go for a draw in that. I think uh, Lingard could potentially do something going forward, and, I, and I, I can see that. I can just see Leicester scoring as well. I can see it. Maybe a Vardy or Ian actually goal or something. So. I'd go for I'd go yeah. for a draw there, one one. And Spurs versus Man United. I don't think any one of us will go for a six one win for Spurs. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> um, oh, this is this is a tough one. Um, I'll come to you first, David. 
Um, I think I think I think as we were discussing before, I think it'd be a lot a lot more low scoring. I think United kind of learnt the lesson from the Spurs game. I know they have ten men in that game, but they were poor. They were poor anyway even before they they got sent down to ten men. So um, I think it'll be a much closer game. But I think United. I think United will get through. I think United have got a bit more positivity going around than Spurs at the moment. So I think I'd go for it. I think I'd go for like a United two one. I think yeah. I'd go for it. I that. think that's a good shout. I was just gonna say. I think I think United might get one, and then they'll they'll hit Spurs on the counter, and Spurs will will come back with some late pressure to maybe go two one. But I'll, I'll go two 0 I'll I'll say United will withstand that late pressure and, and hold up for a two 0 yeah, I'm thinking one 0 United better the scoring, but I think United are on the better the two. Yeah, yeah, I fancy United for that one. Uh, Sheffield United versus Arsenal, a game that you'd expect Arsenal to win, but it's Arsenal, so they might not. Um, I think they will, though. I think they're, they're reasonably good at these lower sort of teams. They've beaten beaten Fulham and West Brom pretty convincingly uh, this season away from home. So, I'll go for an Arsenal 2-0 win. Yeah, I'll go. I think Arsenal shouldn't have too many issues. I'll go 3-0. Um, I think I, I, I can just see Sheffield United scoring. <laughs> it's just an Arsenal thing to do. So, uh, <laughs> I think... Because uh, Arsenal don't hardly ever keep clean sheets anyway. So, I think I'll go for an Arsenal 4-1 win. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see Arsenal win that one. Uh, West, Tom, West Brom versus Southampton. I think this could be one of the toughest ones to call this week. And I think it's going to be high scoring again because I don't think either team can remember how to defend. And I'm going to go for a 2 all draw in this one. Uh, yeah. Really, that's going to be the opposite. You think? Low scoring. Um, West Brom do struggle at home, don't they? So I mean, Southampton have like just conceded 2 to Burnley. <laughs> yeah, um, but they did yeah. score three. True. The West Brom's five doesn't doesn't tempt you into a high scoring game, right? Well, I don't know. Obviously, uh, watched a fair bit of West Brom with our uni housemate, uh, being a West Brom fan. They just, especially at home, they've just been terrible. Like, um, so yeah. I, I, they just seem to struggle there. They can see an awful lot of goals, and uh, yeah, I'll back Southampton. Yeah. What about you, David? I'm gonna go for a. I'm gonna go for a West Brom win. I think. Uh, I think uh, the revi- they're gonna. They're gonna the revival is gonna continue, and they're gonna get another three points. I reckon. So I'm gonna go for a two-one West West Brom, and I hope I hope they do it because it'll make it a bit more interesting if they can. Try yeah, and close I hope they do it. It would it would make it more interesting towards the end of the season. Um, Brighton, another team that are down there, just about. Um, just about in there. If they can win against Everton, it would really drag them out. Um, an Everton team that I, you never really know what's going to turn up. They they drew against Palace the other day, and I think Brighton might turn up there. I'm I'm going to go for a Brighton two one win. Yeah, I was quite. I was thinking Everton just seem, Everton always seem to struggle in these these games against the lower teams. Uh, so yeah, I was going to go for Brighton. Uh, yeah, Brian one nil, something like that. I think I'll just go for. I think I'll go for a draw in that. I think Everton, as you say, they seem to, they just can't seem to break into that top four. And I don't think they'll end up doing it with too many other strong teams that will that will get the top four. 
And I think Brighton, as we say, they're, they're quite a good team, to be fair, even though they are kind of very low in the table. But uh, I, think, I think they'll be able to get a point. I reckon it'll be like a one Yeah, Everton are a game. weird team. They, they seem like they've had a really bad season, but they're still really in top four contention. It's a strange one. They seem to drop off quite a few points against lower opposition. And I think they could, could continue here. Um, other than that, um, has anybody got anything else to add uh, about this week or or wild cards or, or anything in general? No, no, no really. I think, I think I'm good. I think we've covered covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, um, check out our TikTok at FPL Students. We're going to try and get back to posting on that now. Where now FPL's back. Um, yeah, come back next week for the. Uh, for another episode and uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast Um, and goodbye.